Hello everyone, my name is Tony Rizak and I'm the host of Basecamp for Men. I have grown up inside of what has been called the men's movement or men's work for short. It is my mission and privilege to assist men in whatever way I can. Whether it's writing, teaching a workshop, or running a men's group, I seek to expand the conversation that men and women are having about what is healthy masculinity and what are the tools we can use to get there. Collectively, men are showing much wear and tear. There is widespread depression, suicide, violence, and incarceration among the male tribe. When men do get in trouble emotionally, he will invariably feel that he has nowhere to turn, literally. We need to forge a new version of masculinity, you and I. I know a few things that will help get us there, and you might know too. And our guests will bring much wisdom and insights to the show. This podcast is meant to be a conversation about men, yet my hope is that women will find it insightful as well. I hope the women that listen will come away with a better understanding of the men in their lives, their partners, their sons, their fathers, their friends. And I think it's important that women know that the male community has identified some of our most important issues and that we are creatively working on them as a collective. Men, women need courageous men in their lives. Men who are willing to look honestly at themselves and speak truthfully and authentically about what is happening. On a personal note, I'm a sucker for narrative building and I love myth to do that. Every man that has ever been in a men's circle with me knows that I'm fond of the hero's journey. My hope is that as we unpack the important issues that men are facing, the listener, whether man or woman, will come to see themselves in the stories that we tell. The hero's journey is, after all, both an individual as well as a collective awakening. It's about you and it's about us. So welcome to Base Camp for Men. You bring yourself and we'll bring the stories and resources for a more courageous life. Thank you, men. And here's our first show. Today we're going to be talking about the importance of male initiation. One of the secrets that ancient and indigenous cultures had about men was that men needed to be brought into mature masculinity by other men. Women can't turn a boy into a man. Only other men can do that. And so when a boy reached a certain age, the men would come steal him from the mother's hut. Of course, the women all knew what was happening and went along with the ritual, screaming to leave the boy alone, he's not ready, and so on and so forth and the men would take them into the woods or the jungle for the trials and tribulations of male initiation. When the boy came back, he was now considered a man and took his place amongst the men in the village. What does a society look like that no longer initiates its young men? Well, you're looking at it. Men that feel cut off and isolated from the larger male community, no wider brotherhood to speak of. Men who carry an immaturity and insecurity about where they stand among other men. There's rampant violence among young men, violence towards women, and violence towards themselves. There's no sense of purpose or belonging other than to a system that seems hell-bent on taking us to the brink. It's why rituals like the Mankind Project's New Warrior Training and some of the Vision Quest trainings that are out there are so important. These trainings and initiations bring men solidly into mature masculinity with everything that entails. Men who aren't initiated properly carry a sort of restlessness. I see many men who are in their 30s, 40s, or 50s who still carry themselves like frat boys, immature, with no mission to speak of other than making money. They have drinking buddies, but no men in their lives that have been through a true initiation. It's a big problem. And I'm not talking about initiation into the military or at a college fraternity. The fraternity initiation is conducted by other immature men, so it doesn't carry any of the information that a true initiation does. You need men to initiate boys, not other boys. The military initiation is closer to a true initiation in that the ones initiating the new men are often older men. 
but it misses the mark because the military is only interested in generating men that will fight and obey and do what they're told. It's true that boot camp has a warrior energy like a true initiation. The problem is, what if we want our men to do more than just fight? What about the other aspects of a man? What about heart, vision? What about leading in the community? What about the other archetypes of the mature masculine, the lover, magician, the king? A military initiation gives a man a hidden message. You're a man now, but only if you grab your gun and do what you're told. A true initiation brings a man and all of his gifts into the greater male tribe to be celebrated and collaborated with. The military doesn't do that for its men. They only want to initiate the part that they can control. My own initiation happened in May of 2004. That is when I went through as an initiate of the Mankind Project's New Warrior training. I was 37 years old. Before I did the weekend, things were going along well enough. I had a beautiful wife, many friends, and a business that was taking off in New York. Yet, if I'm honest, I carried myself kind of like an overgrown frat boy. There was an immaturity and insecurity about me. I was always joking around and mainly talking sports with other men. There was a restlessness about me. I had not wrestled with the core questions that mature men face, such as what is my purpose or mission? What community can help me live that? How do I grow my leadership among men? How do I do my part to serve humanity and the greater good? And what is my unique hero's journey? These are among the core questions that mature men will have answers to. It's expected of us. The new warrior training was epic, as you might expect, an absolute game changer. Every man goes through roughly 65 processes over three days. It tests you and brings out parts of you that you didn't know you had. And it grows your courage. The initiation was everything I had hoped it would be, powerful, authentic, and transformative. I came away with a clarity as a man that I have carried ever since. That is one of the many gifts of a true initiation. And you can see a sort of higher road for yourself that wasn't in view prior to your initiation. You come away with a clear sense of taking your rightful place in the community of men. My guest today is a man from this very community. John Wilson is a leader among men, a man who has staffed and led over 50 of the Mankind Project's New Warrior training adventures. John finished his master's degree in social work in 2017 and currently works as a clinician in the mental health field. He is a mentor and a friend. We got together to talk about, well, what else? Men and their personal development, the importance of mission, the power of initiating men into the mature masculine, and some of the challenges that men currently face. Here is my interview with John Wilson. Enjoy. It is an absolute pleasure to have you on the show, John. Uh, welcome, and I've been looking forward to this conversation with you. Welcome. Yeah, likewise. Uh, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So the, the subject of the, of the episode is building men, the importance of male initiation. And I naturally thought of you as somebody who has staffed a ton of weekends, 52 weekends and counting for the Mankind Project's New Warrior training. And I was just wondering if you could give us kind of a, a before and after of your own initiation, some context, kind of what was going on that had you seek out your own male initiation. Uh, how old were you when you did the New Warrior Weekend? And what were you like before as a man, before you did it? And then afterwards, what were the most noticeable differences from you after you did the training? Sure. So um, I did the training in 1996 when I was 27 years old. Um, so I was a pretty young man, for especially at that time, uh, going through something like this. 
which was mainly at the time for men who were kind of around their midlife crisis, you know, 45, 50 years old. So, um, so my story is at, at 23, I got sober, uh, and I was living back here in Connecticut and I got an opportunity to move out to Texas at about four years of sobriety. And so I got out to Texas, um, to do sports radio and, um, that didn't work out after about a year. And while I was out there, I met a man who was part of the Mankind Project, Don. And right out of the gate, he like started talking about this new warrior thing. And I was like, yeah, 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 men's work. Yeah, you know, I've got my, you know, my sobriety going. I'm good. I've got my support network and, and, and I'm pretty good. But after about a year out there, everything sort of fell apart. I lost the job that I moved out there for. Um, I was actually working for this guy, Don, laying bricks, doing kind of odd jobs uh, and trying to maintain some, you know, connections in, in radio. And, you know, one day I just, I, I basically broke down to him and said, like, you know, I can't believe I've moved 2,000 miles away from home to lose my job, to lose, you know, my, my puppy got hit by a car and the girl that I liked moved back to Dallas, Texas. And so all in like a month span, I kind of lost everything out there. Uh, and, and he just looked at me and he smiled. And I said, you know, I'm telling you my life's falling apart and you're smiling at me. And he said, you're ready. I was like, ready for what? It's like, you're ready for the new warrior training adventure. And I was like, ah, oh, you got to be kidding me. That's your answer. Like this men's weekend is going to solve all my problems. And boy, did it. Um, you know, I, I went on this weekend sort of reluctantly, um, very young, uh, you know, I was the youngest guy on my weekend by almost 15 years. So I was surrounded by all these older guys. Um, but I was lost you know, I was really lost at that point, not just, not simply because of just everything that just happened out in Texas, but really lost in my life, trying to find myself for a very long time. So being able to express that, um, you know, in a really deep way was so significant and so powerful. And then coming off the weekend and having men who you know, were there to support me after the weekend. So it's one thing to have this real lightning bolt, uh, awakening, if you will, an epiphany about who I am as a man and getting in touch with the wounded nature of myself and really starting to feel some healing. But then after the weekend, they like, okay, now what do I do? Well, now you go to I group, right? You know, now you go to a men's group on a regular basis. Yep. Um, so after the weekend getting involved, that's really where the journey takes off. You know, initiation means a beginning. And yep. so doing this weekend was an initiation. It was the beginning, you know, a continuation of the hero's journey, but a, but a beginning into my, you know, sacred masculinity, if you will. Yeah. And what I learned on this weekend about being a man, uh, you know, probably took years to really settle in, but the ideas, you know, the things that we teach in the Mankind Project around accountability, integrity, authenticity, you know, just being really honest, going deep and, and loving and blessing other men not something that I ever thought I would have in my life and certainly not to the depth that I have today. Absolutely. You, you had mentioned that you had some loss before your friend invited you and you could hear it. It seems like when I invite men or tell them about the mankind project, if they haven't had some sort of loss happening, they're really not interested. Like if they're younger and things are just kind of going well, I'm just partying and doing my career. Everything's great. You can almost sense there's not this kind of soulful, you know, I've been kicked in the nuts by life, right? They, they haven't had the loss yet. They're not really interested. They think it's kind of weird that, that men would come off and do a weekend like this. But when a man's had loss, 
death of a loved one, father died, somebody got sick, lost their job, or like you described, you know, lost the girl and was and was just lost. The job, yeah. the girl, and the dog. Yeah, yeah. That, that that becomes kind of the opening for a man going, you know what? I, I maybe don't have it figured out of this cocky kind of frat boy thing I had going or the cocky jock or whatever I was playing. And I'm speaking about myself maybe a little bit now, but you know, maybe that's not going to fly. Maybe that's not really authentic. And that becomes the opening for men to kind of say, what else is out there? You know, do, do, do men talk about any of this stuff? You know, and that, for me, that was kind of the opening. And I, I just wondered, is it, is there need to be some sort of kind of loss for the man to be open to it? I would say, I, I would say 20 years ago or 25, you know, when I, about that, when I did my weekend, yes. And that was part of the impetus for me. Although I had always been seeking mainly because I was adopted. I always had this sort of, who am I mm-hmm. question about myself. So I felt like I was a little bit different in that way of the journey, but I do think the loss was the impetus in that moment to, to be open to doing that. But what I will say over the last 20 you know years, especially in the last five or seven years, younger men are coming to this work because they're looking for what is it to be a man? Absolutely. No healthy role models out there. And, right. and what they see, the, the machismo and the old way of being a man isn't working for them. Right. I don't think they're necessarily have to have that loss anymore. You know, I think a lot of times it was that midlife crisis. Like I kind of, I thought I reached the mountaintop or I thought I achieved the American dream. And then this blow comes along and, and I'm not as stable and steady and have it all together. Like I thought I did, you know, one of the big takeaways for me coming off my weekend was as we were leaving, every one of the men who did the weekend with me said to me, you've just avoided your midlife crisis. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of looked at him like, okay, if you say so, you know, I'm 27. Right. I don't even, I'm not there yet. I don't know what that really means. And now right. that I have the perspective of time and yeah. I'm about to reach 50 and I don't feel anywhere near midlife crisis. You know, right. I, don't, you know, I feel more stable than I ever have in my entire life. So what I got was, wow, I get to see into the looking glass, into the future a little bit of some of the stuff I've just gotten a chance to avoid. Yeah, and that's great. I wouldn't have had that had I not gone on the weekend. I right. wouldn't have known that, you know? And so I think younger men today are looking around and saying, where do I belong? Where do I fit? And what what is this whole manhood thing about? Absolutely. So we offer that too. You know, there yeah. is also the, the young warrior training adventure for yeah, men. I can see the trend you know, there too. 35 and under. Right, so, right. We, we were talking earlier about the hero's journey and um, I, I love talking about the hero's journey with people because, you know, there's this kind of misconception that heroes always have to be these larger than life people, right? It's, it's Martin Luther King, Dr. King, or it's Gandhi, or it's Muhammad Ali, you know, with these epic stories that everybody knows about. And it, it kind of diminishes our journey as individual men that, that men are heroic. And they display it in a lot of different ways. Each man has a story that if you start to talk to him, you start to get what his hero's journey, where he had to face himself in a way that he didn't know if he could. And I'm just curious about your hero's journey. You talked about your uh, the new warrior training and how that was part of your hero's journey. But I was wondering if you could sketch out some other maybe obstacles that you faced that now you, looking back on your own life story, you would say that was definitely part of my hero's journey. Oh, absolutely. My sobriety, no question. Uh, you know, hit, hitting the bottom that I hit um, and feeling like my life was over at 23. 
Mm-hmm. You know? um, and, and feeling like there was nowhere to go, nowhere to turn. Um, from that point, you know, when I, that surrender, that moment of like asking God for help, you know, was a huge part of that journey because it requires some surrender. You know, it's going into that sort of magical, mystical space of like, I don't have the answers. I don't know what to do and I need help. Right. So that was really the beginning. I mean, up until that point, I was just a lone wanderer in the world. So that beginning was like a place to go and start to start to find myself. But again, I still felt pretty alone because, okay, now I'm, you know, working on the sobriety thing and, you know, I'm putting, putting some of that in my past, but I have no idea what manhood is about. I have no idea where my life's going to take me or who I am at this point still. Yeah. That was one of the great exercises that I got to do while also on an incredible men's weekend. He had me go and seek support from a man from each one of those archetypal quadrants. One man would sit in the king, one man would sit in the lover, one man sit in the west in the magician, and one in the south in the warrior, and ask each one of them their perspective on fatherhood. Yeah. And help them give you some confidence and find your way a little bit. Because I was just scared, you know, and I came back reassured that I was ready to become a father. That's and great. ready to take that next step. And from there, it was just move forward. Like, okay, I'm ready to do this. Yeah. No more self-doubt. No more like, oh my God, is this going to happen? Like, what do we do? Boom, I'm done. I'm ready to be a father. Yeah. Amazing. You know, where else would I have gotten that support? I would have probably just still been floundering for a long time up until maybe the day Logan was born, you know? And a lot of men that maybe haven't gone through the training that you have they don't even admit that there's fear. Right. Everybody, every new father feels this intense, oh shit, mm-hmm. am I ready? You start thinking about all the ways that you're wounded or all the ways that you're just, you know, I'm not ready for this. I'm not this perfect man. I'm this like flawed, you know, kind of figuring it out guy, you know? And so, yeah, and, I'm gonna mess and this up and I'm, I'm gonna, gonna screw it up. Yeah, yeah, right. If I know me, I'm gonna screw this up, right? That's that's the sense. And uh, but just to be able to express all that in in a in a in a weekend or in a men's group where men can give you kind of like I've been there, and because that's the great thing about men's groups, I think, is that there's always men that have been through the train, right? Whether it's fatherhood or sobriety or whatever the hero's journey is for you, there's gonna be men that are gonna be nodding their heads and saying, here, I got something for you, or I've been there, you know, and just that alone has this amazing healing impact for men to know, okay, you know, John was scared shitless when he became a father. So Mm -hmm. it's okay. You know, it's, I got to go through this, you know, so experience this. You know, and one of the big things that I've discovered is I believe it's human nature to to want to belong. Like Mm -hmm. we all have a sense of needing to belong to something. And I didn't belong to anything until, you know, until I found sobriety and then the mankind project and a place to belong and like you said to open up and bring my stuff and men have been through what i've i'm afraid i'm about to go through or the fear that i'm about to experience and you know as a as a younger guy one of the amazing things to me especially now that i look back is most of the men that i was surrounded by in the mankind project were older men yeah and at first it was a little bit lonely it was kind of like there aren't a lot of guys 27 involved in this work. Yeah. But where else would I have gotten to be around men, you know, twice my age or yeah. 20 years or 10 years older than me? I mean, it's not like I go out on a Friday night with my friends and say, hey, let's go hang out with those 50 something guys. Right. See what they're up to. 
Yeah, right? No. But yeah. yet here I am sitting in intimate circles with men who've been through so much life experience. They're, they're just setting me up like, it's going to be okay. You're going to make it through this just like I did when I was your age. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, one thing I wanted to ask you, since we both have sons, right? Logan's uh, nine, you said? Lucas is 12. I assume that you're going to initiate your son when he gets older, or that will be part of what may happen, right? I'm, I'm I, planning, would, I would hope so. <laughs> I would too, um, for my son. And it's hard to imagine right now, even though there's a part of him where I'm like, you're kind of ready now in certain ways, but you know, you're so young. But what age or age range do you think uh, his initiation would take place? And I'm curious, what would be the signs that you would be looking for? Would it just be him saying, I want to do it? Or would there be some kind of markers? You're so experienced at, at, at sort of tracking men and, and seeing these subtle signs. And then what would be maybe a way that you would say, hey, I think I can have a different conversation with Logan now because I'm hearing this or I'm seeing this. Yeah. So a couple of things come to mind. I mean, the first thing I just want to say is like, I never want to feel like I'm forcing him to do something. Or right. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't want to force him to play baseball because I right. love baseball if he yeah, wants to. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. So I, I, I think about this a lot, like what is going to happen when he gets to be 18, 19, 20 years old? I think it's somewhere in that range where I believe it's the appropriate time. Like, you know, maybe in ancient tribal cultures, it had to happen earlier, but I think now it's, you know, kind of that age where young adulthood, where I'm, where the, you know, person, man or boy is entering young adulthood and doesn't have all the questions. And I will sense that there are certain things he's afraid to ask me about. Yeah. Right. Like I can, I'll get that sense. Like he's not talking to me about relationships or what should I do for my career or things like that, where he needs the uncles. Yes. Right. Absolutely. Older men, wiser men who aren't his father, who can guide some of that and give him some of those answers. That's when I know he's ready to go through the initiation process to have the uncles come grab him and take him off into the woods and, and, and go through that. Um, so I think it mostly it'll be an intuitive sense, but also that sense of like having conversations and knowing he's either holding back or not asking certain things, or I'm offering to answer certain questions. And he's like, nah, I got it. You know? Yeah. 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 yeah, I know all about girls, dad. Right. Right. It's like, okay. Okay. That's a great answer. A great distinction because, um, you know, it takes kind of the pressure off of you as the father. It really is the uncles and the older men initiating the boy. It's not the father. Your job when you initiate men is to initiate the other men's boys, right? You're the uncle that, that, is, that is in charge or that's running the processes or, or conducting the initiation. But when it's your boy, you're not so front and center. It's, it's up to the uncles. And the older guys, and I think that's and a really part great. Part of that is, you know, part of that is. And I'm sorry to cut you off. Part of that no, is because I also believe the, the uncles do the job of initiation because the father's too close yeah. to everything, and yeah. the boy's too close to the father to possibly examine some of the wounds that were caused by the father. Precisely. Right, he's not going to do that work in front of his dad necessarily. Right. Right. But there are things he may say, you know, I need to talk about my dad. Yeah, yeah. I got a problem with him. Yeah. And I see that, you know, on weekends. So being around these safe uncles, that stuff can come out. And and often it can be beautiful on a weekend too, because you can remove the father or the immediate family relative and then bring him back in later to tie it together. Yeah. You know, the other thing that I think is important, you know, about initiation and, and my own son is, you know, for the greater good of the community and the globe. 
right? It's not just about, oh, I want my son to be a good man, or I want my son to learn this kind of stuff. It's, you know, one of my all-time favorite quotes is an anonymous, you know, African proverb. If the men of the village don't initiate the boys, the boys will burn the village down. Mm. That's the importance of initiation. If boys don't know how to become men and what to do when they become men, they're going to act like boys. Yeah. And there's the potential of burning the village down. Well, and you're seeing that a lot in society right now. You see a lot of incarceration. You see a lot of uh, boys uh, violent towards women, violent towards themselves. A lot of these school shootings, you know, yes, they're young to be in men's groups when they're so young, but this is the signs that the boys are not being brought into mature masculinity. If they were, they wouldn't be picking up a gun and take going to the shopping mall, right? right. They would they would know this women in, in any yeah, kind of way. Exactly. Right? No other, exactly. Other forms of abuse and, and violence towards women. It wouldn't be there would be no place for it. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. We're in total agreement there. Um, so you've led fifty some trainings with MKP, initiated countless men. What is still one or two things that still blows you away about the experience? Like what are you know, like what what has you keep going back, you know, and keeps the fire? Because you're one of the most passionate men I know about this work. And just, so what is it about it? What's the draw of a, of a warrior weekend and, and, and sure. still to this day, you know? Yeah. So the weekend is the most magical place on earth for me. It's entering into a sacred space, you know, that is away from the mundane, the profane world. And only, and you know, Robert Moore said it what very well, or maybe the best in his book, Archetype of Initiation, that true transformation can only occur in sacred space. And then he went a little further to say the only organization that he knows in our modern U.S. culture that understands the idea and concept of creating sacred space is the Mankind Project. And when I come on a weekend and we get together as men and create that container for initiation to occur, for that transformation to occur, the difference between a man who walks in Friday night with the oh shit look on his face, what did I get myself into deer in the headlights look, you know, that may carry over a little bit into Saturday as we start to, you know, work with him. But by Sunday, when the light has come on, when the heart has opened, when the transformation, you know, the beginning of the transformation has really sunk in, like the the level of what did I just go through on this weekend? In less than, you know, 56 hours, we see a complete change in a man. The light goes on. That's what keeps me coming back. The idea that I can, you know, it's part of my mission, you know, is to help men awaken their spirit within and that's what I get to do on every weekend. And that's why I keep coming back. And I do that in my day-to-day life, hopefully, too. But there's no place that's more powerful and gives me the ability to live my mission in that way than being on an NWTA, a New Warrior Training Adventure. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. What, what do you see uh, in the men in our society? In other words, what, what, are the, what do you see as the most glaring areas of arrested development or immaturity among men? And in particular, among young men, I don't even know if it needs to be particularly among young men, but where do you see areas that that men really need growth right now? Uh, And conversely, what do you see as the strengths of men? I think one of the biggest areas of growth is intimacy, true intimacy, whether it's with the, you know, the opposite gender or with same gender. It's, you know, we live in a digital age and in a social media society where everyone says, oh, I'm so connected. And yet can't have sit down and have real conversations or real relationships, you know, uh, and it scares me, 
you know, people get to, you know, especially younger people, they all of a sudden they find themselves in social settings and they don't know how to talk. You know, and then they're then they're on their phone, and it's like you know sometimes people are even texting when they're in the same room with each other because they become so used to that's their form of communication that yeah. actually sitting with somebody is uncomfortable. You know, actually talking about your feelings is really uncomfortable. So a lot of people out there wearing their mask of "I got it together," uh, "I'm a successful businessman," "I'm a good," at, you know, and all these masks just increase that level of not being intimate. You know, if intimacy is into me, you see, it is very hard to see in the young people, right? Because they've got all kinds of masks and things in the way, a lot of obstacles in the way. And I think that goes for not just young people, but lots of people in general. But I think the younger generation is getting more and more impacted by that. Um, and, you know, I won't know. I w- I'll say this, not knowing if it will actually make the podcast, but I don't know if you know this, Tony, but the second largest group of Viagra users in this country, do you know who they are? No. 18 to 24 year olds. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's shocking. It's not a physical thing. Yeah. It's a intimacy thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. A lot of it, you know, and not to get too sidetracked, some of that is because the um, proclivication of pornography yeah. and watching pornography. And then when you're actually with somebody, yeah. it doesn't live up to the fantasy. Yep. So using Viagra at 22 years old. to me that's just that says it all right there that like now at that young age i already need some some kind of alternate support just to be with somebody i'm looking forward to doing healthy sexuality on the podcast we're going to get into porn pornography the dark side of it all that because it's such an important topic it doesn't get talked about that much I, i i've listened to some of the other men podcasts and they're, they're avoiding it a little bit. And so, you know, I, I definitely am, that's on my, on my uh, list of topics that we want to bring on some good guests, unpack that a little bit because men need to get a little bit more of a straight scoop on, uh, on porn and healthy sexuality in the digital age. It's a crucial um, issue right now. So because it's, it's right at your fingertips. I mean, you know, yeah. for guys like us who grew up, you know, yeah, we had magazines and, you know, yeah. video tapes, but I wasn't connected to it. 24 seven. So I, yeah. I, it, it just didn't hold that much interest for me. So I can right. only imagine how it, you know, just, it, it, it makes being in real contact with others that much more difficult when I'm living in that fantasy realm all the yeah. time. Absolutely. So, um, you asked me, what are some of the strengths that I see in men? Yeah. Uh, I, I think there are, are a lot of men out there who have integrity, mm-hmm. who are authentic um, they may seem far and few between at times, but I certainly know from being around lots of warriors that those men exist. Yeah. Um, I think men are still uh, very creative and want to heal the planet. Um, you know, aside from what we see on social media, which usually is just garbage, um, yeah. there really are men out there like us doing this work. You know, there is the mankind project, you know, that maybe, you know, way below the radar, way under the radar, but um, there are men that want to make this planet a sacred place. Yeah. Uh, make masculine, bring back sacred masculinity. Maybe that's a better way of saying it. Sure. Um, you know, Men still have, you know, men can be strong and soft and that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's some of the teaching. Uh, men can be decisive and yet need support and help at other times. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there are a lot of men that are, that are really good role models out there. A lot of mentors. Yeah. One of the strengths I see in the tribe of men, I, I feel like men are 
very emotionally intelligent. We're just not given, we're not given our due that, and, and, and the society and the narrative is just kind of like, oh, men are kind of emotional dummies. We're, we're mocked in sitcoms. Right. Um, yeah. We're just, oh, oh, if you, if you know about emotions and you can express yourself authentically, you must be a mama's boy or something. But I feel like the tribe of men and particularly when they do men's work, this kind of natural emotional intelligence comes out in men. Once you start speaking truthfully about your fear, about your, the challenges you're facing and you're authentic and I get you, it opens something up in me and I can be really honest with you. And it, and it grows men's ability, like you said, to be intimate, to be authentic with one another. Then when they go back to their partners and their children, they can be That's much more honest about it. they're not hiding behind some mask of strong dad who can't ever tell the truth about what's really going on. The truth is he's, things are falling apart for him and he doesn't really want to admit it and be honest with his wife, you know, or, or whatever the case may be. So, um, has your mission changed over time or is it still the same mission that you created on the weekend? It's definitely evolved and changed over time from what it was, you know, 25 years ago when I did almost 25 years ago when I did my weekend. Um, it was much more basic. Uh, I can't even recall exactly what it was when I came off my weekend. Mm -hmm. And then it's taken on probably three iterations, you know, similar, similar version, but iterations of the version that it is today. And the last tweak was just last year. I mm -hmm. added one, one more little tweak. And I think, uh, it, I'm probably done now. I think I, you know, I finally added everything I needed to add to my mission. What uh, is your stated mission, right? Yeah. So, so my mission is I create a world of love and deep connection by sharing my passion, um, seeking truth, and inspiring others to awaken the spirit within. And I, and I get, to, you know, the great thing is I get to live it every day in my yeah. work, like you, like I'm out there helping people and hopefully inspiring them to, to awaken that inner spirit. So. It's, one of the, it's one of the great gifts, I think, of the Mankind Project's training is not only all the work you do on the weekend, there's just so many processes you go through and you have like ahas and just growth all over the place, um, your challenge in all these unique ways. But the fact that you get to take a mission, state it, state it to other men, fine tune it as you live your life, but say, this is the flag I'm going to build my whole thing around. This is where my heart is. And this is how I shall live as a man. I mean, it is that alone is worth the time and the, and the tuition to go and do the training as you get a mission that you're not unclear about. If you ask most men out there what their mission is, they're going to look at you weird. Like, I don't know. I'm just. I talk about it constantly with you. Yeah. And that's not an okay answer for a modern man. You need to know what you're here for and what your mission is spiritually. You know, a man without a, without a mission, without a purpose is like a ship at sea without a rudder. Yeah. Just yeah. lost. You, you kind of hit the nail on the head. I mean, get it coming away with a mission from the, despite everything else that goes on in the weekend and everything you're going to learn about yourself and go deep and get connected with men and do a portion of your hero's journey. The mission alone is worth the price of admission. Yeah. You yeah. know, um, one thing that I believe really separate, separates the Mankind Project from other, you know, self-help and other, you know, not to knock any other training out there that gives people a lot, you know, um, but to come away with a truly a mission for the rest of your life. Yeah. A purpose. I had no purpose before I got there. Yeah. Same no way. true purpose. I, I didn't, or at least I didn't know what my purpose was. Right. And to, to come away feeling like, wow, they helped me find my purpose. Yeah. And then I get to evolve it over time uh, and continue to work on it. Yeah. 
So the take, man, the takeaway is go do the warrior training, the new warrior training yes. by the mankind project. That's what we're recommending. Uh, that's what us, uh, me and John and many of our friends have gone through this training and we'll be unpacking some of the gifts of that training as well as some other teachings, uh, in the podcast, but, uh, yeah, couldn't recommend it higher. Uh, one last question, John, uh, what do you want us to remember you for? Uh, what would you like your legacy to be? That I found, um, my purpose and my calling to be a service, uh, to, something greater than myself, you know, that I, that I did my best to try to help others, especially those who are wounded and in pain, like I was, and like I still am at times. Uh, I think there's no higher calling than to be of service. That's great. I hope you enjoyed my interview with John Wilson, and I want to thank him not only for his time, but for his deep commitment to the development of men, both through his work with the Mankind Project and out in the world. One thing that really stood out to me was how John said that initiation is for the greater good of the world, that when men are initiated properly, they come away with a clear purpose in life and a clear place among men. I love the quote he mentioned where he said, if you don't initiate the young men, the young men will burn the village down. I think it's easy to see those violent, restless tendencies in many of the young men in our culture. It seems that much of this violence stems from wounds around not belonging or having a clear place in the world. Another thing that stood out was how John expressed how much fear new fathers deal with and how being in this work enabled him to resource other men to help him find greater strength towards the new challenges he was facing. The takeaway, that going it alone as a man only leads to isolation. If the talk about male initiation resonated with you, go to the Mankind Project at www.mkp.org and find a training near you. They do them all over the world, and it doesn't matter what age you are. We had an 80-year-old man on one of our trainings, and he absolutely loved it. You'll see 30, 40, 50-year-old men, all kinds of men. There's always a boatload of fear that comes up with signing up for this training. I get it. Dealing with this fear is an essential part of the training for the next chapters and a more courageous version of yourself. Go have a look, and we'll see you next week.